I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the Goldilocks Productions presentation of the In the Psychic Flow Show with Caroline Carey. Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to In the Psychic Flow. My name is Carol Ann. I am your host. I'm delighted to wish you a happy Halloween, and I hope that you enjoy our show. We have a super-duper guest tonight. I just want to go over a few things. Uh, coming up, we're going to have, we're moving on from Blog Talk Radio, and we have a new call-in number, which will start next week, and that is area code 206-806-9965. You will still be able to hear us on Goldilocks Productions uh, and on Facebook, and I will post it. It'll be on LinkedIn, Twitter, and you can always go to the Goldilocks Productions uh, 3 website and they will have all the information for you, so you won't miss anything. We're just uh, switching kind of like uh, to a different station there. So uh, you'll still hear us on some of the old things like Spreaker and all that, so you won't miss anything, and, of course, the archives are still there. Um, Also, I want to remind you, next week is November 7th. We have the Sarasota Paranormal Investigative Science Team, coming on. They are delightful, and they're going to give us some insight. Uh, that was the last minute I was able to secure them, and they are delightful. Uh, also, don't forget, November 14th, Psychic Joe Ann Leo will be in the house, and I know you have been clamoring for her readings, so uh, please tune in for that show. We'll both be doing readings that day, but particularly Joanne because she's the bomb. And uh, what else can I tell you? Today we are requesting mostly paranormal questions, if you have those. We have a delightful lady on today who represents the um, 
Soul Sisters Paranormal Team. Her name is Christy Sumner, and she is with us tonight as our special guest. Uh, her website for the team is soulsistersparanormal.com. Very interesting team of individuals and a really cool lo- logo. I love that. It's a skull with the halo, and it's all decorated. It's really nice. And they have videos on there on their website. They have their story on there, which we're going to talk about tonight. And what makes them so special is they're all very um, well-educated ladies. And there's some twins on the team, sisters and twins. And they have been on some great adventures, mostly in uh, central Florida, but they have traveled across the country. So each member of the team has a fascination with the paranormal. And they also um, have done some, uh, before they organized into a team, they did some impromptu investigations. Each member is an accomplished professional in their own respective field, and each holds an advanced Ph.D. or J.D. Paranormal investigations and education are just parts of the services that they provide. Now, have I piqued your interest? Absolutely. Christy, are you there, please? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Delighted to have you tonight. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm very excited. Oh, good. What a great night to have you on. It's fabulous. Is this a night that normally you would be busy investigating, or do you take tonight off? Uh, Yes, ma'am. The last couple of years we have been fortunate enough to to have some, um, some investigations on Halloween or just a presentation of some sort. Um, but uh, tonight was a, a special night. We, we actually had it off because we will be traveling. Um, we're starting out tomorrow morning on a road trip um, up to the Lizzie Borden House in uh, Massachusetts. So wow. We kind of took, took tonight off because, you know, we're starting a road trip at around 5 o'clock in the morning, tomorrow morning. Wow. Well, that <laughs> ought to be very exciting. Um, I have to say to you, I'm a psychic medium, and I deal with people's departed loved ones. The paranormal really scares me, i got to tell you. I mean, are you scared at all during any of these adventures? No, ma'am. I would say more um, startled. We've had startled moments. But once, once we really get into an investigation and we set up our equipment, it, it really becomes more about the scientific research behind it. Um, you know, we get in and we try to – first we try to debunk, really, uh, anything that – we, that we find, we, we are very meticulous about going in and seeing if there's anything else that can cause the noises or the light flashes or anything that we have noticed. And if we can debunk that, obviously we don't call that paranormal. And we, go, we have a very rigorous process with regard to our evidence. So when we find something that we can't explain, for example, all the members of my team are female. So when we hear a male voice in a location, when I know that there's no males anywhere on the property, uh, I, I, that's something that I can't explain. So to answer your question, not so much scared. Um, we've had those startled moments, like when we have a door slam, um, but mostly it's intriguing to us when we find this piece of evidence. Wow, that's really cool. And you just <laughs> finished um, the Henry River Mill Village. Did yes, you do ma'am. that? Yes, ma'am. And how did that um, go? It was fantastic. Uh, Henry River Mill Village, for those that don't know in the audience, it was a former textile mill that uh, was built around a mill in uh, right outside of Hickory, North Carolina. And they built these mills so the workers could 
be housed near their place of employment. So as a self-sustaining community, they had their own currency. You know, there was a place of worship, a place of fun, a place of of work. Uh, So um, after the mill burnt down in 1977, it essentially became abandoned. Um, The workers had to leave to go find other employment. So the houses just got abandoned. And I was fortunate enough to actually um, uh, have a, a dual investigation with Miranda Young from Ghost Biker Explorations, and she and I collaborated on that one. And she and I were the only two female investigators, the only two investigators, to go into that property. And uh, we found some very interesting things. A lot of the stuff that we found was what we would consider residual. For example, we had a voice recorder in a location that was a former kitchen, and we caught some things that we would attribute to um, women and men working in the kitchen. So we got a male voice saying, that's a lot of food. And we got a woman's voice saying, step, step aside. So things like that, again, really, in, really intrigue us. So Henry River Mill Village was a very fascinating location for sure, and we, we hope to get back to that one very soon. That's very cool. So I guess mm-hmm. I could ask you, um, mm-hmm. do you believe, you must believe in these ghosts. If you're seeing uh, or hearing um, phenomena, I would assume that you believe what you, what you're collecting, and do you feel that um, they each each ghost or spirit or entity has a story? Well, first of all, I believe that the veil between this this plane and the next plane is very thin, and I believe that right now we're living one chapter of our our eternal lives. What happens after that, obviously I have no idea. I can't prove that. Nobody can. But I do believe that the entities that we encounter were somehow a former spirit on this plane. And so, for example, um, some of the entities that we connected with at Moundsville Penitentiary in, uh, in Moundsville, West Virginia, I believe that those, those are spirits that for some reason are afraid to cross over. They're afraid to go to the next plane, if you will. And so they're, they're, they're comfortable staying where, they, where they're at. Um, one of the main entities there that we communicated with, um, he really wanted to interact with us. We've, we got a lot of um, energy hits on our, our, our what we call the K2 meters. Um, we got some EVP responses, which is electronic voice phenomena. And uh, so we believe that, that that spirit is just perfectly happy living where he's at. Um, but, you know, I, I do think for some reason they, they have decided to stay on this plane. Um, now, there are entities that I have encountered that have moved on. For example, my grandmother passed a couple of years ago, and two weeks before she passed, I had a very vivid dream that my granddaddy, who passed in 1986, came to me in the dream and said, your Nana will be passing soon, and I'm waiting for her. You're going to be getting a phone call. Uh, two weeks later, we did get a phone call that she was in an accident, and she never recovered from that. Uh, the day oh. she passed... The day she passed, my sister, my twin sister and I uh, went to the house because she passed in hospice. So we went to the house because I said, you know, she's going to meet granddaddy there. And uh, so we went. We set up some equipment. Um, I feel we had a very good communication session with my grandmother and my, my granddaddy. And, um, and at that point, I believe they passed on. So for that example, I believe my granddaddy was waiting for my grandmother, and now they have both ascended to whatever the next stage is for us. So to answer a long-winded answer to your question, I do believe that there are some reasons that entities stay. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, I agree with you. There, there must be because um, maybe, like you said, maybe they're waiting for something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're waiting for someone. 
um, that's very interesting. I, it just is a little spookier to me. I don't know why, but to me it's a little a little spe- uh, spooky to me. You've also been on, let me um, give you some kudos here. You've been on the okay. X-Zone radio on Spreaker. Yes, ma'am. I was starting to listen to that. Um, you are worked with Ghost Biker Explorations. Uh, yes, ma'am. You've collaborated with them. That's pretty exciting. And mm-hmm. I wanted to give out, you have uh, Facebook Facebook and a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. and <laughs> so people can check you out on there. Mm-hmm. Let's see, on Spreaker Exxon with Rob McConnell. Okay, that was yes, in yes. June. Fabulous. Um, also, you have videos on your website, which, again, is SoulSistersParanormal.com. Check out, what's the Facebook page, the same Yes, ma'am. Soul Sisters Paranormal, and our YouTube channel is the same as well. Okay, great. Looking forward to Mm -hmm. checking those out. Uh, Tonight, if you're home and you're done giving out the the candy for tonight, you might want to check out those two things. Very exciting. Now, what you had mentioned, um, and your story tells me, that you were made up of friends and sisters. Uh, That's pretty cool, right, to work together. (laughs) It is. Or or not. (laughs) <laughs> you know, every now and then we have our moments, but mostly it's it's fascinating. It's um, I've been very fortunate. Um, my sisters are my best friends, um, so I have my twin sister and then our younger sister. And we've we've you know it's just the standard spiel is we've been fascinated with the paranormal all our lives. But we actually had our grandpa was a former prison guard in Moundsville Penitentiary. So we have a family friend that actually sits on the board of the uh, the Moundsville Economic Commission there up in Moundsville, and uh, he he just suggested a couple of years ago, why don't y'all go in and stay the night? So we grabbed a couple of friends, and um, you know we grabbed a, a digital camera and a couple you know just video cameras, and it, uh, essentially it was just a girls' night. We were just going to have a girls' night and just kind of do something different. And we went in there and uh, just had some amazing activity. We had a couple door slams. Um, we had footsteps running up and down the stairs. We had some interactions with some entities. And at that point, we just really became hooked, and we decided it was something that we wanted to do. So we have smaller investigations. I would call them one-off investigations throughout the year. But we try to plan really um, large-scale investigations about four times a year. And because uh, we, we are kind of spread out, our main hub is, is here in Ocala, and that's where we're all from. But um, uh, two of my sisters live uh, out of state, and so it's just it's, it's you know it's easier just to arrange four large investigations and go out and do those. And um, we pride ourselves in being very meticulous on the history of these locations. We like to find places that have a very rich history that maybe a lot of people don't know about. Like, for example, Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia, you know, that was a Revolutionary War fort. And, and it was just, it was very instrumental in the Revolutionary War to the point where George Washington was singling it out. And, you know, uh, Henry River Mill Village and uh, Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, these are all locations that are very rich in history. And, but, but probably a lot of people in the country don't know the details of those history, of that history. So we like to bring that to the forefront first and foremost and then relay how that history could influence or be a factor in the paranormal activity that's there. So we relay the history, we'll go in and do an investigation and um, kind of try to get some answers that would 
lend um, some evidence, if you will, to that historical location. Um, so, back, you know, back to the original question, yes, there are five of us on the team, my twin sister, my younger sister, myself, and then two family friends. Oh, that's fabulous. And also you have uh, – you had mentioned that you were um, originally from Ocala. You have yes, done St. Um, Augustine's Lighthouse in mm-hmm. Florida. You've done um, a private residence in Ocala, a private mm-hmm. residence in Bellevue, Florida. Um mm-hmm. How did the lighthouse go? That seems fascinating to me. <laughs> the lighthouse, you know, that was very interesting. The first thing about the lighthouse is it was a challenge to set up our equipment there because you go up rather than out. And um, right. so, you know, there's 200-plus there's steps in there. So, you know, you go up that two or three times a night, and it, it, it's a good night. But, uh, it, you wow. know, we had um, – <laughs> yes, you definitely get your steps in that day. But yeah. we, we've been there twice. Uh, the, the second time was with Miranda Young from Ghost Biker Explorations. We were fortunate enough to, to have a collaboration there with her. But uh, the stories are fascinating there because there, there are recorded deaths. There are deaths of children that, uh, that have been documented. There are deaths of um, lighthouse keepers. Um, and, mm-hmm. and some of those deaths, you know, they, they were tragic. Um, some of them, they, they died of natural causes. But, for example, the lighthouse keeper, it was, it was very specific that he liked to smoke a pipe, um, that he would sit in this specific corner of the, of the, uh, the basement every night and, and read the paper and such. So we were able to validate some of that. Um, we, we had a very strong smell of cigar smoke. We had some, again, what we call EVPs of a, a man talking to us. Um, we had children mm. laughing. We had a woman um, actually saying the words, they'll find you. And uh, so, again, it, it's, it, to us, that is just um, some validation of some of the history and some of the, the deaths that had occur, have occurred there. Um, but, no, the, the lighthouse was fascinating. Um, and the other uh, investigation that we did in Florida, that we've done here in Central Florida that we're very proud of, is the Ma Barker House. And uh, that's in Oklawaha here in Marion County. And we were actually the first, and to this point, the only team that has gone in there and, and conducted a paranormal investigation at that house. And for those who don't know, uh, Ma Barker was a, uh, a gang leader back in the 1920s and 30s. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. she and, her, and she and one of her sons um, actually used this house in Oklawaha as a, a hideout. And the FBI tracked them to that location, and the largest gun battle in FBI history ensued um, on January 16, 1935. And uh, Ma and one of her sons was actually killed in that shootout. So wow. the, interesting thing of, the interesting thing about that house is it's no longer sitting on the location where the shootout happened. In 2016, they moved it. They floated it across Lake Weir to another location. And so we really wanted to see if the paranormal reports were connected to the house or if they were connected to the land. And what right. we found is it, it, it's connected to the house. And we had some very interesting sessions. Um, my, my twin and I were the, the, the principal investigators there, and we had some very interesting sessions. We went in two nights. One of them happened to be the anniversary of the shootout. And um, wow. we, we, got, we got some, uh, some great uh, energy activity on our REM pods and our, our, our K2 meters. And we had um, very intelligent responses, names being thrown back at us when we've asked. And uh, so that to us was probably the most fascinating investigation we've done so far. That sounds fascinating. Um, <laughs> you, do you feel that they, because it was such a traumatic event for Mar Barker, that's why she stays there? 
uh, her and her son because it was such a trauma that it's um, they prefer to stay there? Or you would think, and since they were killed there, they'd want to go somewhere else, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, two facets. One, I, I do think that because it was a traumatic event, and two, it, they were transient in life. They never had a home base, per oh. se. Um, okay. they, they, they had hideouts from one side of the Midwest up, uh, you know, into Chicago and St. Louis, um, you know, into, into Missouri and Oklahoma. And um, so this was just another stop on their, their real transient pipeline, if you will. And, oh, um, I see. So, yeah, so uh, to me, what better place than to just to kind of hang out there? Um, it, uh, it was it was a quiet house. It was only used as a vacation home, so there wasn't a lot of interference um, that that could really interfere with them. And uh, so I do think the trauma uh, allowed them to stay, but uh, I think that they just haven't passed on because they really don't have anywhere else to go. Oh, I see. I didn't realize they were so widespread across the country. I did not know that. Yes, ma'am. That's very interesting. Yes, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, also, let me ask you about how do you feel that um, you're all very well educated? Uh, do people look at you like, uh, which I think gives substance to the work, frankly, um, like rather than just any, and just anybody like myself? I think it adds a lot to what you do. How do you feel that affects what you the paranormal work? How do you feel? What do you bring to that? I think it allows us to go in with a very scientific approach. Um, my PhD is in public affairs with an emphasis on criminal justice. And so what, what I think that we bring to the table is we go in very meticulous. Um, you know, before we even go into an investigation, the day before, we'll take a, a day tour of the location. And we will, we will sit there and we'll scope out um, how close it is to a road, um, are there any street lights? Um, is there any, uh, you know, is, is the air conditioner going to be running? Is the heater going to be running? Anything that can tr- could contribute to an environmental factor that we could rule out as, as being, you know, not paranormal. Um, so we go in, again, with a very scientific mind, uh, mindset. And um, I, I don't think it allows us, obviously, to get more paranormal activity, but I think we, we kind of approach it in the fact that, um, we, because we have that scientific background, um, we we kind of analyze it a little bit differently. So, mm-hmm. for example, if I've got if I say I've got seven night vision cameras um, and they run for seven hours, I'm I'm watching every piece of that footage. Um, if I've got a voice recorder that's running for seven hours, I'm listening to seven hours of audio. And we sit and we watch and we listen to everything. And then if we catch something or something that we perceive as paranormal that we can't explain otherwise, we'll run it through the group and, and, and until we get a consensus. Um, and then we'll put it out there. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, another thing is we all wear body cameras, like the police-issued body cameras. So I, wow. have a, I have a time stamp of where everybody is on the location. And so if I catch something paranormal, I can go back and say, okay, was it Jenny? Was it Kim? You know, where was Kara at this point? And just to, just to really rule out those. So as much as we can, we, we control for all environmental factors. Um, and if, if, if there's any doubt, we, we, throw that parano- we throw that evidence out. Um, if it is something mm-hmm. that we can absolutely not explain, then we'll call, it, we'll call it the unexplainable. We never label anything paranormal. We call it unexplainable. Um, because to us, you know, what is the real definition of paranormal? Nobody knows. Um, there is no paranormal expert because we're all out there just trying to search for, I guess, what we would consider that holy grail. 
and um, and nobody's really found that yet. No, none of us are going to have the answers. So what I'm putting out there, what my team is putting out there, is our best guess as to what this is or what's happening next. I like the fact that you um, have that type of mind, that there is an, an emotional connection to any of the properties. So it's like, oh, you know, if you get one thing, you're like, oh, that's got to be it. You know, I like that. I like that about the. You know, I like your approach. What do some of the? What are some of the other girls' specialties, ladies' specialties? What are they in particular? Like, uh, is one more? I don't know. Psychic, more business-like, more uh, technical. Uh, what kind of gifts do they bring? Uh, well, you know, and, and this may sound cliche, but it depends on the investigation. Um, you know, for example, um, you know, I can go in, we can go into Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, and, you know, one of us can say, okay, I'll take the lead on setting up the tech because I think we should do this, this, and this. Um, so we really, we really do sit out and plan, um, and we, we, we take ideas from, from each other and how we're going to set it up because we really do work well together. Um, the twin aspect, my twin and I, um, I think we bring a little bit of something different to the table with these investigations. I wouldn't call us psychic per se. Um, I do think we have a little bit of, um, uh, you know, empathic ability uh, between each other. Um, you mm-hmm. know, so we can we can kind of kind of look at each other and know what the uh, the other one's thinking or what our next move is going to be because uh, we're very close like that. Um, so I think to your question, we all have different strengths and weaknesses um, on any given night. Uh, you know, some of us could be having an off night getting responses so the next person will move in and see if we can get something different. Um, you know, we, we do like to have fun, so I'd say, you know, Michelle is probably the jokester of the group, and, uh, you know, uh, I, I would probably say I'm the, the more serious of the group. Um, we all have our technical strengths. Um, and uh, we all have, again, we all have that research background as well. So it's just it's a, just a very cohesive team. It's a lot of fun to tell you the truth. It sounds great. I imagine <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Um, let me ask you as well. When you were talking about equipment on your website, you do mm-hmm. investigations for private residences and businesses. So please yeah. make sure that you reach out to the Soul Sisters Paranormal Team. Uh, what kind of equipment? You say you use digital camera to thermal imaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the purpose of all of that? What kind of evidence do you gather? Uh, well, mostly uh, the, the the piece of equipment that we really like to use the most and that most paranormal investigators rely on is the, uh, uh, the voice recorders. And the purpose mm-hmm. behind that is, in, in in my mind, and I'll just speak for myself as a paranormal investigator, I think the, the, the easiest form of energy manipulation is going to be sound. And so it's much easier for an entity to make a sound than it is to appear as an apparition or to appear as a shadow. Um, so we set up voice recorders everywhere. We carry one, and we, we set them up. So that's the first thing that we do. When we go into an investigation, when we go into a location, we set up our equipment immediately, and all of that equipment runs throughout the night. So we have night vision video cameras that will run and record throughout the night. We have the voice recorders. We have thermal imaging cameras because we use those, the idea being that um, if, if, a, if an entity is going to um, uh, go into an uh, appears an apparition, that it will manipulate the temperature in order to do that. Um, that will become a cold spot, if you will. So we do have thermal imaging cameras. 
uh, like I said, we have those night vision cameras. Um, we have some pieces of equipment that are designed to measure energy fields, and uh, so that one of those is called a REM pod. And um, so essentially, what that is, it's, it's a it's a little uh, box with, or round uh, box with an antenna. And we encourage spirits to go up and, and touch that antenna, the idea being that if they have enough energy to touch that antenna, an alarm will sound. Um, it also ah. measures it also measures measures temperature fluctuation. Um, we have K2, what we call K2 meters, and that's the same thing. It just measures um, electronic energy and impulses. So, for example, if I were to take that REM pod and stick it out in the middle of a field somewhere, Theoretically, it's not going to go off. There's no energy out there. There's no um, unless somebody's holding a cell phone directly to it, it's not going to go off. Um, so it'll stay there, motionless and silent. But if you put it next to a microwave and turn it on, that little sucker is going to start going crazy. So when we take it into a location like, for example, the Mont Barker house, where there's no electricity and there's no power, and I set that in the middle of the room and it's silent, and when I start asking questions and it starts going off that could be a validation that there's something present with us in the room. And, um, and I say validation because what we, what we try to do is we try to get pieces of evidence on multiple pieces of equipment. So, for example, if I can get an EVP on the voice recorder and some hits on the REM pod or the K2, that's just further validation that there is something that I can't see and explain manipulating this equipment. So. Wow. Um, those are the those are the basic pieces of equipment that we use. Um, again, we wear we wear body cameras, night uh, night vision body cameras, in order to catch stuff. We have we also use what we call trigger items, and those would be items that would be germane to the situation um, or the location. So, for example, if I I knew that Mom Barker and her sons they they uh, they had a, a certain brand of whiskey, so we took that whiskey in and we set it there as kind of like an enticement for them to communicate with us. Um, you know, when we went into Brushy Mountain or when we go into a penitentiary, we always take water. Um, that's a big trigger item for us because most people are in most, um, you know, situations like that, they would want water or something to drink. Cigarettes is another big trigger item inside prisons. And uh-huh. um, so we, we take those in as well as our equipment. Um, but for the most part, what I think our biggest strength is, is, as I said before, we sit and listen. Um, you know, we don't run from room to room asking a couple questions and then jump up and move to the other room and, and start asking the questions again. We actually like to sit down, just be silent, be in the moment, and just try to absorb and, and, and really kind of feel the energy of the room. Um, so we'll sit there for 15, 20, 30 minutes, um, you know, to really try to, to get in that room and get in the mindset of, of, of what that room would entail. So, for example, um, a prison cell. You know, just kind of sit there and be quiet for a little bit and then just start asking questions and see if we get any responses. So I would say that's, that would be the biggest thing. If I were to impart any words of wisdom to paranormal investigators, it would be that you have to have patience with this. Um, that, that's a really big component of a paranormal investigation. Do you, um, what do you think of ghost boxes? Uh, so we have a, a spirit box, um, and, and that's what we call it. Uh, you're speaking about the, the, the AM, FM radio, correct? Yes, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we, we do use a couple of those. Um, to be honest with you, I was a little skeptical at first, um, but then we started using it and, you know, just kind of just kind of playing around with it in some of these different locations. And, uh, you know, I'll go back to the Mar Barker. Uh, and for those that don't know, let me explain it quickly. What it is, it's an AM, FM radio that, 
um, it has a button on it that's called the, the sweep button. So you push the button, and it very quickly goes through either AM stations or FM stations. So what you hear is, you know, as it cycles yeah. through these stations. The idea is that spirits can use, can, can essentially speak beyond the white noise. So mm-hmm. theoretically, if, if it's flipping through these stations at a very high rate of speed, you shouldn't hear a phrase. There shouldn't be any phraseology that comes through. You may hear an uh mm, mm, uh mm, every now and then, yeah. but you're not hearing a whole phrase. So, for example, when we went to the Mont Barker house and we turned it on and it was running through those, those, um, those cycles and we were in an upstairs bedroom, a man's voice came through and it says, someone's up here. That shouldn't happen uh-huh. because it shouldn't be there. Um, and then I asked if anybody, because the, the Barkers used the alias the Blackburns when they rented the house, and I said, can you say the name Blackburn? And the name Blackburn came through the spirit box, um, as did the name Alvin Carpus, which was one of their cohorts in the gang. Um, to me, there's no reason why any radio station would say the name Alvin Carpus on the exact night that I'm trying to get it to say that. So right. um, I, I, use, I do use the spirit box. I, I think it, it is a good tool. It's a validation tool. Um, and, and we have put a lot of that evidence out there, especially on the Mom Barker episode, if you want to watch that one. Um, you'll mm-hmm. see an example of that. Um, so I, I do use the spirit box, yes, ma'am. Um, if people are looking for assistance, like mm-hmm. uh, you had looked at two uh, private residences, do they contact mm-hmm. you because they just want to validate what they suspect is going on, um, or do they contact you to get rid of them, or why would they reach out to you, just to validate what they're hearing and feeling and seeing? We've actually had both. Um, we've had a couple businesses, um, and, and let me just be upfront. The, the things that we put on our website, um, and be they from private residents, we get permission to do that from the, the business owner or the homeowner. We will never right. put anything out there that is private in nature or anything like that. But to answer your question, we've had both. Um, so we can go in and, and validate and try to get some answers for them. Um, but my, my spiel is I, uh, I am not – um, licensed or versed or, or, or whatever in getting rid of a spirit. Uh, that's not my forte. Uh, nobody on our team does that. Uh, we don't do mm-hmm. cleansings. Um, our main focus is to go in and get some answers and try to validate either what you're experiencing or what you're feeling um, and, and really try to debunk that if we can. I mean, we, we went to a business that was um, convinced that there was uh, this demonic thing going on in the business, um, and we went in for a night, and we were actually – we are actually able to debunk it. Um, they said that there were lights flashing and, you know, they couldn't explain why their cameras were going off. But uh, essentially what was happening was headlights as they, they panned across at night was hitting a certain mirror that was bouncing off another mirror and turning on their night vision cameras. So, wow. I mean, we just, we just told them to angle the mirrors so the headlights wasn't, uh, wasn't hitting it and that solved their problem. So a lot of what we do is we can actually go in and, and debunk these locations um, or some of this, this paranormal activity um, or perceived paranormal activity. Um, but, uh, you know, we, uh, again, we don't do any cleansings. We don't do any, um, uh, you know, demonic removals or anything like that. That's just not in our wheelhouse. Right. Have you um, – I think the businesses would be relieved. I'm sure they were very grateful to find out about the mirrors, the headlights hit, and I'm sure they were more than grateful. That's way better. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah way better than a demonic force. 
Exactly. Uh, they, they were a little um, embarrassed that they blasted it all over Facebook before they contacted us, so oh. uh, they had to go back and do a little bit of a retraction, but uh, it was all good. Yeah. It, was, it was actually all good. <laughs> How often, like in the prisons, um, you had done a couple of prisons here, or one prison mm-hmm. anyway, I see. A Did you ever a uh, West Virginia State pen? Oh, and the return. And so you did that one twice. Did you yes, ever sir. find anything that you felt was demonic there or were they just uh these poor souls that were incarcerated there and don't know where else to go, you know? Um not so much at Moundsville. Um and to to us Moundsville those those spirits there just really wanted somebody to listen to them. Um, you oh. know, for example, one one of the prisoners there, the the main, I mean, the main guy that everybody knew, um, his name was Red Snyder. He was a, a murderer. He was on death row and such. Um, and his big thing was, you know, when he wasn't murdering people or having people murdered in the prison, he loved to watch Days of Our Lives. So they would wheel oh. the TV in in front of his, his his cell, and he'd watch Days of Our Lives. So when we went in, um, and we were the first team to do this, I actually downloaded several episodes of Days of Our Lives, set it in his cell, and just let it play for a couple hours while we went to another side of the prison. So when we came back and started talking and asking if he'd seen the the episodes of Days of Our Lives, we got a very clear yes. And uh, so we told him that you know thank you for communicating with us, and he said no thank you. And um, so I think a lot of these people or a lot of these entities, if you will, they really just want their story told. Because if you think about it, it, it in life, people really want to be heard, right? That's, that's one of the, the main, main things of being human. Mm-hmm. We want to be heard. We want to be seen. And I think that carries over when you pass on to the next, the next realm. Um, and if you're staying uh, just beyond that veil, I think you want to be seen, you want to be heard for various reasons. Um, you may have one message to get across, and once that message is done, you ascend to wherever you go. Um, or it could be you want to speak to several people, or you just want to stay in the cell where you're comfortable. Um, so to answer your question, at Moundsville, uh, nothing really demonic. Um, when we went to Brushy Mountain, um, there were some places that I would consider um, darker than the other places in the prison, um, but I wouldn't necessarily, for me personally, um, I have never experienced anything demonic. Um, that being said, before we go into these locations, we say a prayer of protection. Um, you know, we're very clear that these entities cannot leave with us. They cannot harm us in any way, um, you know, unless we ask for you know, something to touch us, like, you know, you can tug my hair or you can tap my shoulder, um, but you're not allowed to harm me. We, we do that at every location, uh, just to kind of set those boundaries. So I think because of that, and we don't go in ever looking for anything demonic. You know, we don't go in right. and, you know, with this babado saying, oh, come on, you know, hit me if you're here. That's not what we do at all. Right. Um, we, we really right. kind of, we, we go in with a kind of a softer approach and our, our mantra is we're here to tell your story. If you want to communicate with us, here's your time, here's your chance. This is the way that you can do it, and we can get your story told. And I think that approach, you know, kind of lends itself to um, uh, entities being willing to speak to us. So, again, back to your question, um, nothing demonic per se so far that we've encountered. Has this experience um, of paranormal investigation, has this changed the way – that you look at um, the afterlife or uh, any kind of spiritual Mm -hmm. change? Has that done something to you or for you or members of your team? Do you feel differently now that you've explored all this? 
Personally, I do. Yes, ma'am. Um, and I'll just say everybody on my team is, you know, we're, we're Christians. We do have that faith. We do have um, our belief system. Um, but to me, personally, it has actually put my mind at ease a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always had that belief in the afterlife and, and where I know I'm going to go next. Or, and um, especially the interaction with my grandparents, um, that to me was a very calming, a very peaceful a very uh, we're okay and we're going on to our next chapter um, type of a situation for me. So to answer your question, yes, for me it's been it's been calming um, and it's been eye opening. You know because we learn different reasons why entities want to stay, or at least what we perceive why they perceive they want to stay. So um, you know you do have um, those that maybe feel trapped. Um, you know, when we get kids' voices, uh, there's been several times where we've enta- encountered children, and I think they're lost, and they don't know how to go or where to go next. Um, so that, that could be one of the reasons that they're sticking around. Um, you know, the, like I said before, those, those people, especially prisoners, that may be afraid of what's happening next. So they're perfectly comfortable staying where they are. Uh, so, yes, in my mind, it, it, it's kind of solidified that there is something after. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a beautiful story of your grandparents, and that's a great example of, uh, of of what your work does. You know, I really I really appreciate that. I thought that was a beautiful story. Now, you have Thank a you. book you're talking about. You're going to publish we, a book soon. <laughs> well, we've been kicking around an idea. Yes, ma'am. Um, you know, we've uh, our, our, our paranormal investigations have really taken off, um, so we've been asked to, to come and investigate different things. Again, we've been asked to be on some collaborations, um, so we, we are kicking around some, some things, um, kind of putting down on paper what our experiences have been and really highlighting the history of the places that we've been to. Um, you know, the videos can really take you so far, but, you know, to sit down and, and really put into words what you're feeling and, and um, you know, what that experience was like and really our, our background is how we got into it. Um, that is something that we want to do in the future, yes, ma'am. That is definitely on the horizon. Oh, that sounds very, very interesting. Um, great. Let me mention your website one more time. Soul, uh, Soul Sisters Paranormal. You can contact them via the website. Uh, they have an email there. And Christy and her associates will be more than glad uh, to answer your questions. And let's see, what else do we have? Where are you going next? What's uh, next? You have um, Lizzie Borden. Yes, ma'am. That's, that's our next big investigation. <laughs> and what do you what do you hope to capture there that hasn't been captured already? I mean, I know a lot of people have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a different angle that you're looking at? Do you feel there's something more that you could bring? It sounds like your team is so unique that I don't see why there isn't another, um, <laughs> if you want to use the word angle. There's something that you're <laughs> going to present. I think, anyway. What do you hope to bring back from that experience? <laughs> well, again, typically what we like to do is we, we, we like to stress the history. So not just the history of Lizzie, but we will be, you know, kind of portraying what the, the social structure was of the time, what, uh, you know, her family structure was, um, and really bringing that to the forefront to see if we can, um, you know, kind of shed some more light on what's going on. Because, again, to us, the historical aspect to us is, is the greatest piece of what we're doing here. Um, so, you know, obviously we, we want to see if we can con- uh, communicate with Lizzie, 
um, see if we can communicate uh, with her stepmom and dad there um, to see if, if maybe we can get some answers. And, again, just really tell, try to tell their story because that's how we, we do approach it. Um, you know, the very first thing that we say when we enter the location is, you know, we're not here to hurt you. We're here to tell your story. So we're going to spend the night speaking with you. If you want to speak with us, um, that's fantastic. We, this is the method that you can do that. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it is a very, you know, what you would call a commercial place. So, um, you know, there, there are some angles that have already been covered, but uh, we hope to go in and, and really kind of see if we can bring some of that history to life, if you will. Do you think because I, my feeling is, that entities would be more likely to approach your team because you are women, uh, maybe because of your spiritual essence, and also you're very well educated. They may, to me, um, consider it a compliment that you're there. What oh, do you think you. of that? I, 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 I appreciate that. I think that's a, that, is, that is a great compliment, and thank you for saying that. Um, I, I do think that all women team have something a little bit different, um, maybe a mm-hmm. little bit more empathy, um, you know, maybe a, a softer approach. That's not to say that, that all male teams or co-ed teams um, that were better than them. So I'm, I'm never going to disparage another team. Absolutely. But, you know, we do go in, like I said, with that mindset of just really approaching it from an aspect of, of, of telling a story. Um, we we mm-hmm. don't want to harm anything. We don't want to upset anything. Um, and, you know, we're not going to run out screaming. We don't do that. Uh, we, we're not going to slam doors or thump chests or anything like that. That's just not what we're about. And, and to be honest with you, if we go into one of these locations and we get absolutely nothing, we're going to say that. Um, we will still mm-hmm. do a video. We will still say the, tell the history. We will show you what we did in the investigation, and, and, and we'll just say this isn't our night. Um, not to say that there's nothing there, but that it just wasn't our night. Um, but, you know, back, back to your question, I, I do think we, we maybe come at it a little bit differently than most teams, um, but there are other teams out there that are doing amazing things as well. So, Do you feel, um, do you often get a mixture of the, the property, the land, and the building? Do you ever, mm-hmm. ever get anything like Native American or mm-hmm. anything like that? Uh, that's something that's in the ground. Because I had just recently interviewed someone, a paranormal expert, uh, Adita Felt, who's also a psychic mm-hmm. medium. So she was telling me that um, sometimes the ground holds mm-hmm. so much trauma, like Gettysburg mm-hmm. or something like that. Would mm-hmm. what would you would you be able to differentiate between the um, like somebody in a building and somebody on the property? Uh, you know, typically that, that is a great question. And, and typically we are, um, like, for example, um, you know, Brushy Mountain, um, I think the spirits that we've communicated with there are, uh, were prisoners in, in the location. Um, but I do oh, think okay. that some, I, I, I do think that um, there was some Native American influence. It's right there in the mountains. Um, and the mountains itself, uh, you know, really lends to holding that energy. The location of where Brushy is, it, it, it lends to holding that energy. Um, there's a private residence that we did here in Ocala, and, um, you know, there, there is a spirit. We firmly believe that there's a spirit inside of the woman who was who uh, died there in the in nineteen in the nineteen eighties, but 
there's also a very strong Native American influence as well. Um, and uh, we know that, and, and I'm friends with a family, so I'm at that location a lot. Um, and I was speaking to a woman who actually happens to be a psychic, and she didn't know I was a paranormal investigator. Um, so we were just ch- chatting, and she said, uh, you know, there is a Native American here. He's standing here. He was a chief. Um, so that, to me, validated validated that it, it was part of the land as well. So we have the, the entity in the woman who, who died in the house. She died of natural causes, but she died in the house, and she's comfortable there, and she's wanting to stay, but we also have that Native American influence. So, yes, we, we have seen it. Um, you know, Gettysburg is a great example of, of, of something that has soaked into the land, an essence, if you will, has soaked into the land, um, and it's going to remain there because of the trauma um, that was experienced at that location. Um, we did, uh, we um, investigated the Exchange Hotel in Gordonsville, Virginia, and that was a hotel that was transformed into a Civil War hospital, and uh, they have, you know, over 500 verified deaths of, of soldiers, both Confederate and Union, that perished in that location because of, due, due to their wounds. And uh, so we were very fortunate to catch a lot of activity in that location. And, again, I think it was because of the trauma that was experienced in those walls. So oh, I, I would I, imagine I think, so. Yeah. Yes, I do think that the, that the location does play a part um, and just the, the event itself, whatever the event was. Wow. That's amazing. Do you, um, do you have any desire to do, like, Gettysburg or um, any kind of uh, – uh, civil war or anything like that in our in our country because you must yes, mostly ma'am. stay in the United States, I presume. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We we are trying to make uh, some waves over in uh, Ireland. I, I want to get to a castle over there, so I've been trying to hook up with some friends over there. <laughs> but uh, no, ma'am. We we do primarily stay in the United States, and uh, Gettysburg is a tough one. Um, the problem with Civil War battlefields is that they're federal land, um, and the federal oh, government just yes. won't, won't allow paranormal investigators on those on those lands on those grounds. There are a couple that we are probably going to be going to next year. Um, I'm on the list to try to get into one of those. Um, but Gettysburg is tough. But, uh, you know, there are locations um, around the outskirts of some of those, those Civil War battlefields that are very intriguing. Um, you know, you can just go to the outskirts and, and set up some, some equipment and just kind of sit and be for a while, and um, more than likely you'll get something. Um, now you so went it, to, um, excuse me, you went to uh, in Pennsylvania, now mm-hmm. Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about I also saw on here I thought somewhere else in Pennsylvania. I lived in Pennsylvania for eight years, and I know oh Trans Allegheny, yes. uh, that's in yes. Western Virginia. Um, yes. How about like the West, the Allegheny Mountains or the Pocono Mountains or anything like that? Is that mm-hmm. intriguing to you? Oh, yes, ma'am. The mountains are very intriguing. And, and in fact, um, the, the one of the ladies that we collaborate with, um, Miranda Young from Ghost Biker Explorations, uh, she's from Tennessee. So we, um, I've been up to Tennessee several times in the last couple of weeks. I'm actually you know, going to pass by there um, on the way up to Lizzie Borden. And uh, there are very, uh, there are a lot of locations, little locations um, that, that have a lot of history behind them um, that, that are very intriguing. And I do think the mountains hold um, a lot of a lot of energy, um, just by the nature of, of you know, for lack of a better term, mountain people. You know, they have to be rough, they have to be rugged, and uh, you know that spirit will live on um, if if they don't ascend, if they if they choose to stay, 
um, on the property or on the land. Um, so the, the mountains are, are very, very rich in paranormal activity. Yes, ma'am. Um, there's Do, have you had anybody in, like um, uh, anybody uh, well-known? Well, you've got Mar, um, Ma Barker and a few others mm-hmm. places that you went to. Lizzie Borden will be uh, very well-known. Is there anyone mm-hmm. else like um, a Ooh. governor or anything like that? <laughs> Uh, we went to the Velisca Axe Murder House. Um, that that one, I mean, if if you're a paranormal investigator and you haven't been to Velisca Axe Murder House, um, you know that that has to be on everybody's bucket list. And um, so so most people in the paranormal world know that one. And uh, we're fortunate enough to go out there and stay the night, and it was absolutely intriguing. And uh, you know you what, and, and the, the interesting thing about these locations that we go to is. You know, not many people can say that they've stayed the night in these locations. And right. you go into these houses like the Velisca Axe Murder House, and it's pitch dark, and you're sitting there, and you, you know the history of what happened there. And you really start to it, – it, it's immersive history, if you will. So aside from just looking for the paranormal, you know, just being in the moment and thinking, okay, well, in this house, these horrific things happened. How, how did this person get away with that? Um, and then you hear the train go by, and it drowns out everything, and you're like, okay, now I get it. Um, you know, you hear the stories of, of the train going by, but until you actually hear it and you feel the house shake, you don't really get it. Um, yeah. The, inter- the interesting thing about, um, I'll go back to Fort Mifflin quickly, um, you know, that, that was, a, again, a revolutionary war fort, and it was instrumental because George Washington asked, asked the, the, the soldiers in the fort to hold to the extremity so he could get his um, army away from the, the, the British that were coming across there, um, across the bay there. And um, it was interesting because that night we went there, and, um, you know, it's dark, and we really weren't feeling like we were getting a lot of activity, very little responses. Um, and then just by happenstance across the water, somebody let off this amazing fireworks display. And so they, they were booming, booming fireworks. And if you just kind of close your eyes, you could imagine for just a moment on a small scale what it would have been like to be in that fort and be under that bombardment, you know, that British, oh, yeah. the, 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 the cannonballs. So that to us is a very unique experience. I don't think anybody's had that one before. Um, and after that, after that fireworks display, that fort became alive. Um, we got EVPs, we got shadow figures, uh, um, we had intelligent responses. Exactly. So we had intelligent responses. Um, it was probably one of our best, um, in terms of evidence, um, probably one of our best locations. And so, again, you know, just being in that moment, being in the immersive history of it, uh, it, it that is, is what really drives us and what is fascinating to us. Do you feel that, uh, I meant to ask you, um, mm-hmm. do you feel that water or uh, water being on the property or electricity being on the property or certain rock or limestone or something, does that mm-hmm. hold uh, more energy, more, more entities or anything like that? I, I believe it does. Yes, ma'am. Um, they, they do, you know, nature has those properties, um, those, those energetic properties, um, you know, sometimes if you want to feel energized, you go for a swim or you, you go down to the lake. Um, um, so, yes, ma'am, um, limestone, um, uh, different types of rock, water, absolutely. I do feel that it has that energy. And it, it, it is capable of, um, prob- I'm not going to say manipulating energy, but it, I think it allows entities to kind of 
draw from that, if you will. Oh, I see. Yes, that's what I was wonder, wondering about, like a conduit or mm-hmm. uh, something like that. I know it holds, like, healing energy. I was just wondering if it would hold paranormal activity, you know, so I would think it does contribute to it. Do mm-hmm. you Personally, do you have associates at work that kind of that know about what you do? Do they kind of kid you about this? or? <laughs> um, you know, the funny thing about this is when you say you're a paranormal investigator, there's one of two responses. Somebody either looks at you like you have two heads or they immediately want to tell you their ghost story. And, um, uh-huh. you know, I've been very, I've been very fortunate uh, that people want to tell me their ghost story. Um, they want to say, you know, well, you know, I saw my grandma or I saw my grandpa or, you right. know, um, my, my kid is seeing things. And um, so to me, I think that's very cool. Um, you know, I, I have, um, had the, the feedback from people, um, you know, saying that uh, it's it's against God, it's against religion, and I don't think so. Uh-huh. Um, to, to me, it's 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 more of a validation for me on that point. But um, right, you know, not you know, I'm I'm because I'm so outspoken and willing to defend my position on it. Um, you know, uh, most people, you know, we can have a very intelligent dialogue about it, whether or not you agree with me. Um, and, and, and that's another thing. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I'm not trying to mm-hmm. convince you that, for example, the Ma Barker house is haunted. I'm not going to tell you that it's haunted. I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you that on the, these two nights we went in and there were things that I absolutely cannot explain. Um, I tried to debunk it in every way that I could. But um, these things, to me, are unexplainable. So whether you want to call that paranormal, whether you want to call that whatever, that's up to you to decide. But, you know, I'm never going to try to convince anybody. Because trying to convince somebody of, of this is like trying to convince them of, a, of, of one religion being right. It's not going right. to happen. So right. it's, it's, to me, it's, to me it's, it's better to put out the history, put out the things that we found, um, and let people decide for themselves. And that's my goal in this. Well, it sounds like you have um, a wonderfully unique and talented team. And uh, for our listeners to contact you, uh, please feel free to look them up on Facebook, Soul Sisters Paranormal, LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. and uh, YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you one one more thing. We're almost at time. Who did your your terrific logo? I actually designed that, um, and I, I had a, uh, a tattoo artist um, put down my ideas. Um, you know, that was uh, there's a lot of symbolism in it. Um, you know, uh-huh. for example, the the wings and the hair. Because I wanted something that was a little bit fem- feminine, um, but still yes. had that uh, you know that that day of death type of look. So obviously, the cross, the heart, um, the the keyholes um, for the eyes. Um, you know, uh, that all represents, you know, um, our religion, love, um, our, our sense of adventure, and, and wanting to actually explore and get to the knowledge of all of this. Of course, the wings and the halo would be uh, the, the, uh, more the angelic side. Oh, it's fascinating. It's really beautiful. It's probably the nicest <laughs> well, logo I think I've ever seen. I really love oh, it. And Soul Sisters, I, I just really love that. Um, I think it's fascinating. We look, Christy, thank you for spending time with us tonight. We really, I really enjoyed speaking with you. And uh, my producer is going, I know, I love that logo. (laughs) Tiffany (laughs) is saying, wow, what a logo. It's fabulous. Um, Also, I wish you a lot of luck at uh, the Lizzie Borden house. And I hope you have a wonderful adventure. I look forward to your book coming out. That sounds fascinating. 
And um, what would advice would you give? We have a, like a minute or so left. What <laughs> advice would you give the amateur uh, paranormal investigator? You know, like I said before, really patience is the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go go into it with the right intentions. Uh, you know, you're, you're not in this. You're not going to make a fortune doing this. You're not. In, in right. fact, you know, this is this is eating through my savings. This is all self-funded. Right. Um, you know, this is, you, you're not going to make money from this. And if that's your intention, it's the wrong intention. Um, you need to go in with the right intention of actually either helping somebody or finding out the history and the answers behind that perceived paranormal activity. Um, and, and really just kind of you know, get with like-minded people. Um, you know, we've been very fortunate enough to uh, to collaborate with some very cool people, again, like uh, Miranda from Ghost Biker. Um, you know, get with those like-minded people and share ideas. Um, there, there is a pair of unity out there, and, um, you know, just find that, find that connection, find that community, um, because most people will embrace you. Oh, it's fabulous. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, This is Christy Sumner has been with us for the last hour. Thank you for taking time on a terrific night when you need to rest so you can get up early and get on your next adventure. That's soulsisters.com. Thank you, Christy. You have just been a delight to speak to, and I wish you and your team so much luck. Um, I want to say thank you so much for spending time with us, and happy Halloween to you. You as well. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Christy. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Um, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in tonight. And as I said, we are changing our format a little bit, which will be pretty exciting in the next couple of weeks. Next week, uh, we will be – I'm going to give you that call-in number again in case I forget for some reason. Here it is. There you go, 206-806-9965, starting November 7th, which I think is next week. And we have Sarasota Paranormal Investigative science group they seem fascinating as well Uh, my thanks to christy for taking time out to be with us tonight Uh, please join us next week when we have another very exciting paranormal show for you and uh, the following week we have uh, psychic joanne leo which i mentioned please join us on our new um network i guess you would call it where we're going to have some some exciting new things coming up the end of the year and new, the new year, 2020. I'll be taking more of your calls. Uh, if you'd like to see my website, it is carolannecary.com, C-A-R-O-L-A-N-C-A-R-E-Y. I'm the psychic medium of Sarasota, and I hope you will consider me your spirit connection. Thank you, and have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye, folks. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.